0: Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you. And you too.
1: Hello and welcome to the Mark and Toddcast. This is Todd Workoven. I am not here with Mark right now because I'm recording this intro from my house on a different microphone, if you couldn't tell. Uh, But this week we went out to Hillsborough to visit W.L. Henry Elementary School. And we sat down with the principal, Lisa Aguilar Faisal. And she talked to us and then ended up giving us a tour of her school, which is amazing. They do Uh, They're doing so many cool things there. Um, It's a completely bilingual school with about a 90% Hispanic uh, student population, so that's different, but also uh, some of the ways that they are addressing and managing things like emotions and and student behavior and student learning environments is really, really neat, and I hope is kind of a bellwether for what uh, starts happening in the rest of our public schools, because she is doing a, a great job. And so she sat down with us. We recorded this in two sections, uh, one when we were doing a walking tour and the other while we were sitting in her office. I airing, I put them together out of order so there might be a little overlap or, or confusion, but um, I know you guys can handle it. So if you get in your red zones, I need you to calm down and get back into your green zone, which will make sense in a little bit. So um, thank you for listening. This is a little different episode than we usually have, but it's really fascinating and really worthwhile. So I hope you enjoy it as much as we do.
2: Cool. Uh, so here on the Mark and Toddcast, uh, we are here with Principal Lisa. Uh, Lee, my best friend's name is. Lee. We're here with Principal Lisa Aguilar Fazel, and uh, we just got a tour of your elementary school here, uh, uh, W.L. Henry uh, Elementary here in Hillsboro, Oregon, and. Uh, I'm kind of blown away like it is uh, it's incredibly uh, diverse holistic, holistic <laughs> and well thought through and and uh, just has uh, so much heart uh, to it, obviously. And uh, at the heart of the heart is uh, is you as principal. And so uh, welcome to the show.
3: Well, thank you. thank you so much. I'm really honored that you felt that your time would be. It'd be worth your time yeah. to come mm-hmm. out here, so thank you so much. This is my third year mm-hmm. at, as principal of W. Henry. I was principal in the district before at another school. Um, what I have been told more than what I have experienced is we used to have a higher population of Caucasian kiddos in, well, Caucasian isn't the word she used. I'm sorry. I take that back. Who is is there a new one? Well, uh, Caucasian, yeah, it's like an old term. I don't know okay, I just slipped out of And it but never it made
1: sense It doesn't make sense, I mean, yeah. I know there's yeah. a mountain range and all that, but it <laughs> just seems like an arbitrary thing in Europe to pick.
3: It completely is. And so, I mean, we, we have to be comfortable with which calling I it guess what it is, I, right. for
1: like th- the one time white people have something arbitrary and like not really <laughs> definitive <laughs> of them like locked with them i guess we can take it. Yeah. <laughs> so
3: actually the the term we should be using is white. Right. Okay. So white okay. white still d- right students. Um, we had more but when With the dual language program, we're a full dual language program, and then there was an Hmm. opt-out. Because of our neighborhood, it makes total sense to have a dual language program here. But with the opt-out piece, there were people who didn't quite understand the benefits of being in a dual program, and so they would choose to opt their child out, and therefore they would go to a nearby school for an English-only experience. At the time, the district was trying to accommodate everybody because we are a neighborhood school, right? Mm -hmm. So they would afford busing, have busing come for the kiddos to the other school, which basically is white flight, right? (laughs) To (laughs) get them
1: away from a scary different thing (laughs) that they might accidentally (laughs) learn through osmosis. Wow!
3: So when I came on board, um, my first year here was the first year that they weren't going to offer that anymore Mm -hmm. because. We lost busing here in the in the neighborhood because the the law is it has to be outside of one mile, mm. and we're all within one mile. Oh, but oh, wow. we're talking like 10, 11 blocks down the road. I mean, that's a long haul yeah. here, and many of our community are on fi- foot. Then they're walking with strollers and what have you, and we don't have sidewalks in a lot of oh, our wow. neighborhood. And the weather, you know, so there's a lot that... Our parents were not happy yeah. when they took the busing away Yeah, that was before me, but our parents still gathered and went to the Capitol and tried to advocate for that, but there's just no money, right? So they figure, okay, if there's no money to serve our children in boundary to come to their neighborhood school, then we can't be putting money to serve our kids to go to another school. So if parents opt to go to another school, um, it can't just be for opt out. It has to be a another reason and they have to provide their own transportation i've been really fortunate through conversations with families that i've only had a few parents who have opted out of the spanish side and so we keep the kiddos on the english side and then make sure that they have that um, opportunity to access the other content areas in english as well Hmm. but it's only been a couple Hmm. which is a beautiful thing yeah so a lot of our families now they'll say to me well, it's not that I have anything against Mexicans, but, uh-huh. but so I I'll don't know how to finish I this sentence
1: without lying. So
3: and then I have <laughs> to talk to them about like, OK, well, let's let's really look at that. Yeah. Right. You know, and the benefits of language acquisition and the benefits of being in a diverse community.
2: You you said you had some uh, messages or some stories, uh, some snippets to uh, share with us. Uh, what What do you got there?
3: Well, as we spoke about earlier, there are a lot of misconceptions, right? So, when people come to the neighborhood and they're looking at where they're going to buy houses, a lot of times they'll go to the Oregon Report Card and they'll look at the SBAC scores. And they'll look at the scores as and place a value on the community based off of a standardized test score. and what we've been trying to do the past three years at Henry is show that we are more than test scores that yes test scores matter they they give us something to look at but we are we want to make sure that we're looked at as what we bring to our community and, and that we're honoring and valuing all the the students that come in and their families and not just putting a number on kids so with that of course we're Focusing on academics and rigor and believing in all children because sometimes there's that Well, they come from so much difficulty that we just want them here in school and be happy We do want them here in school and to be happy, but we also want them to learn and we talk about how Life is a lot better for people when you know how to read when you know Mm -hmm. how to think critically Mm -hmm. and to get to that we need to believe in our kids even when they don't believe in themselves. And that's the message that we've been trying to promote. And I say we, because yes, I'm the leader of the school, but it takes a team and it takes a community. And we're all working together to meet the needs of our kids. So I have a student council and we meet monthly and the kids give me counsel on what the school needs and how we can improve and what has improved. And I asked them just recently, what message would you like me to give to the teachers? And a couple just Mm -hmm. really stood out at me. One was, I will miss you, and thank you for teaching me something new every day. Mm -hmm. And the other one was, thank you for believing in me even when I didn't believe in myself. Hmm. And that was the one where a tear came to the eye where I was just thrilled because that's the message. That's the message.
2: Yeah, that's the the core uh, prime directive here. And and it's, it's evident in... Every interaction that I've seen, you know, over the last hour of uh, chatting in the hallways and messaging in the wellness center and, and, and all these um, <clears throat> devices and structure and, uh, and energy is all around, clearly around uh, protecting the child and giving them a, a, a bubble that they feel safe and able to one express has, themselves and, 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 and dignity and value. And exactly. I don't think you can accomplish
1: much in life if you don't have dignity and value. I was yep. talking with a friend who works in um, a, a, rehab, a rehab place and it was talking about he was talking with a client and said something like, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the progress you made. And that guy, I don't know how old he was, but an adult was like, no one has ever told me. That they were proud of me, wow. and like so many like people like me, I grew up in a great environment. Like my parents loved me, my community loved me. We were all there together, mm-hmm. and it's like I can't like that doesn't make sense to me. Like how cool. can that even be? Mm-hmm. And I and I think that people don't realize that when you feel valued and you feel listened to, like we talked to, and you feel like you have worth, that's where you start. That's like yeah. not a goal of like. <laughs> When you graduate, that's when you get your worth. It's like you begin with your worth and then you build on that. Absolutely. And that's what I really see here, which is great.
3: It's not what you're going to be. It's what you already are. Right. Right. right? So we're going to celebrate you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to give you the supports to be whoever you want to be. Right. When I the feel kidders- like I
1: should play Free to Be You and Me by <laughs> Marla Thomas under this, <laughs> under this segment. It's
3: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> When kids come to the principal's office, um, it's not a place of punishment. And I had, I had a little pushback on this when I first started to become a principal. Like, well, why aren't they in tears bawling? Why aren't they so upset, <laughs> right? right? So you, you send them out with candy type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, OK, well, I didn't send them with candy. <laughs> I sent them with a snack, because guess what? They were acting that way because they, they hadn't eaten. Yeah. Right. And they didn't eat dinner last night. And they didn't eat dinner today. And so really finding out like what the, why. There's always a why behind the it's behavior. Yeah. And when kids come to me, I will say to them, There are consequences, of course. We aren't gonna have a fight on the playground. That's not gonna happen here, right? So there's a consequence for that. Why was it started? Where were you feeling? How did that happen? But when they leave, I ask them, do you feel loved and cared for? And they always say yes. Hmm. Do you feel like you were treated fairly? and they will let me know Hmm. and one time a child didn't and so we talked about that more until we could get to the point where he did feel like he was being treated fairly so they know when they come to me they're not coming to be punished there's a problem and we're going to solve that problem and we're gonna repair the harm that has been done to the community and we're gonna brainstorm how that's gonna look together
1: Wow, that's <laughs> awesome! I want to come back to school here.
2: Seriously, I like where, mostly to learn where Spanish because I've forgotten most yes, of my Spanish. Yes, all the Spanish and uh, <laughs> <laughs> only my uh, limited Italian al- allowed me to uh, keep I up know. with the <laughs> with the esta teacher. Don't el baño. <laughs> is all I need to know. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> when did t- this? T- the focus on test scoring start because you hear that a lot mm-hmm. and like well, I talked before like I'm not super involved with the public education system so mm-hmm. like I hear things like bonds and standardized mm-hmm. test scores and, and so yeah. when did that focus kind of begin
3: for as an educator we've always had state tests forever mm-hmm. and ever but really when no child left behind act came out um, with good thought and good purpose sure. I mean we're not gonna right. leave a child behind who doesn't love that right that's <laughs> yeah. awesome but with that came um, a lot of standardized tests and so Our children, uh, if you're identified as an English learner, then you're taking a computerized assessment from kindergarten on until you have exited out, until you hit your, your four or five mark, and then you're exited out of the program. You don't have to take that English language proficiency assessment anymore. But every child in Oregon has to take that. And then we have, of course, the state assessments. Now SBAC with Common Core came in. It changed from our OAKS assessment, which is pretty just recall you know just
0: mm-hmm. we
3: would like you know you read a paragraph and spit something out right. not a lot of critical thinking right. nothing to really write it's just multiple guess, right um then we brought in s back with common core standards and that's a very very hard exam very very hard exam um children have to like grab Evidence from two different texts and cite their source when they're writing mm. so you imagine in a second language if I tried to do that in Japanese That'd be quite difficult mm-hmm. for me to figure out and so that's what they're we're up against not just a General difficult test because when you look at just how kids are doing uh, come from one language English only Not even all of our English only children are passing this test, right? so then you add in a second language acquisition and then that just exacerbates the situation. So we're we're looking at that and we're um, we're focusing on growth for our aspect cuz that's what we want to see that our kids are growing. Yeah. And we're excited this year because we're we're seeing a lot of growth already with the results that are coming back and so that's what I'd like to share Is with the Is there a way
1: out of this kind of standardized testing? Well, parents can opt feedback out. Feedback loop. Well, I mean just a, a, a from our education like as a whole I guess in America because it seems mm-hmm. like a Brainwork, widespread yeah. problem mm-hmm. is there and it seems like there's no one it seems like the only people for it are people who are making the laws but not involved at all in education
3: well yes we act we wonder sometimes I mean when you have a secretary of uh, education who's never been an educator yes. step foot in a public school it makes it pretty tough right to actually feel the same background
1: <laughs> as I have a, a Christian reformed woman <laughs> We, we are very different. Yeah. <laughs> <Her and I. laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave that for our, pol- our politics conversation. Yes, that's another conversation, right? <laughs> um,
3: that doesn't give us a lot of faith yeah. that um, yeah. things will change currently. Right. Um, so. um, hopefully, I mean, we just, of course, we need accountability, of yeah. course, but. And uh, I think I'm that's
1: the question it's trying to solve. It's mm-hmm. like, how do you get that, but still. <coughs> Like not make mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. what it's become.
3: I, I don't. I don't necessarily think. that. I mean, they've already cut down this SBAC test a little mm. bit this year, so it's a little shorter than it was in years pri- prior, which is awesome. Um, I'm not quite sure you really need to be testing third graders at, <laughs> right, right. or I'm not quite sure if you need mm. to be testing kindergarteners on <coughs> English language proficiency on a computerized assessment either. Right. And wow. We're talking about access to technology, <laughs> and are they? I mean, are they really getting? Like are we get, are getting information that's going to really help us serve our kids? Right. That's the whole big thing. Right. So I think they still need to go back to the drawing board and, and figure out a better way to assess our students. We want assessment, of course. Sure. We want accountability, but one that makes more and sense. And to know it's working.
1: It's not like Absolutely. you guys are like, who cares?
3: No, no I mean, <laughs> of course. That's ridiculous.
1: We're
3: <laughs> definitely. I don't think there's an easy answer. If there was, it would be done. Right. But right. Um, there is definitely a feeling of over-assessment. And right.
1: So with a common core is another trigger word for people who are over the age Mm -hmm. of I probably 30 or whatever. And I always see I always see it come up on Facebook where they're like showing a math problem where they're like taking some common core method that takes like nine years or whatever when it's just an addition problem. And every time I'm like, it's teaching you how to think about the problem and solve it multiple ways, not learning the specific thing. And I have to say, I'm a creative person who can't do numbers for the life of me. I wish I would have learned how to solve these problems in a way mm-hmm. that I could do it in my head because I, um, I feel dumb every time it comes up. And I'm like, I don't know, ask Mark. <laughs> He's good <laughs> with numbers. So is, there, is are the criticisms, and I guess I don't even know what specifically they are about Common Core, is it just because it's different than what I used to do, therefore I am uncomfortable with it? Because it seems like math in America is also something like, well, whatever we've been doing is not working we should try to change that
3: absolutely i mean i went to school like you did mm-hmm. and then and uh it was very rote and very memor. i remember in third grades being told to stand up and recite your times tables yeah. and you were like on the spot and you better know them yeah <laughs> i mean you better yep. um but even though i went through the the private school system and took honors algebra and honors geometry and honors algebra too and then when I went to the public system I tried to take pre calculus and I was completely lost completely lost I had no idea what was going on there Um, I ended up taking trig instead and loved that and that was all fun but when I got to college I had to take a math for elementary school teachers Hmm. and actually had to learn what math really is yeah. wow. and break it down and use these things called manipulatives <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what is this and I was so frustrated because that's not the way I learned I learned the algorithm I yeah. learned to just regurgitate a it formula. and spit it out right. a formula and then not until I actually had to teach math did I actually learn yeah. what math it's is like right.
1: so it's like when you're a kid and you go to the grocery store and they do that thing like uh, they count up from your chain like mm-hmm. you know 987 yeah, or whatever yeah, they, they go 88 do mm-hmm. that and you're like oh my
3: gosh exactly you did not do minus yeah <laughs> how did you
1: do that you wizard
3: <laughs> exactly exactly so I'm I'm actually really happy about the fact yeah. that we're looking at math in a different way I mean we have so many mathematical minds now is, is, you?
1: is common core I'm guessing more than just math it, or yes or is that the only place it? No, it's seem to language arts it. it's okay. language arts too so, so and
3: so. I mean there's a lot I mean we do I think one of the pushbacks of common core is You forget that there's developmental appropriateness, right? So when you have some five-year-olds, they're going to take and take, and they're going to go and read. Mm -hmm. Other five-year-olds need a little more time, and they need to be six. So when you're pushing on kids to be reading, By the end of kindergarten, it's a far stretch from when I taught kindergarten, and our goal was for them to know all their letter names and sounds, and the color words, Mm. and some sight words, and we called it good. And now they actually have to be, it's a simple text, repetitive text, but reading that text. And if they're not, oh my gosh, there's a problem. So I Mm. think that people have forgotten that children are children, and they're going to grow at their time, and some of the most famous people were eight before it clicked, Yeah, right? right. I think that's where the frustration comes from. But who can argue with critical thinking? We need to be able to well, critically think. <laughs> You'd <laughs> think
1: things like that would be not controversial. <laughs> <but> <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's, there's always plenty <laughs> who will argue <laughs> against
0: critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Let's talk mm-hmm. about Flat Earth. Yes. It's um,
3: kind of like the No Child Left Behind that you asked about the big push for standardized mm-hmm. tests, you know, founded on a good purpose. Sure. I mean, it was Bush and his wife was an educator, and mm-hmm. that makes total sense, right? But, uh, the over testing kids because if you have in English only child, sure, they're going to take these tests, but now you have another child. Because it was all good.
1: tied to funding too, not just mm-hmm. here's our goals or whatever.
3: Ex- and it was really like an unfunded mandate, right? Because who's going to be the test coordinator? Who is going to run the testing sessions? Do you even have the equipment to handle it? Like we didn't even have enough Chromebooks. So we had one Chromebook cart, and I have to assess all these different grade levels of kids. Well, that's a logistical nightmare, right? So it's not like we were given the resources. Right. you're going to be testing, here you go there wasn't there right. wasn't the financial resource to back it but it did help us to shed light on how our students were doing in our different groups so mm. we do what w- did help us to see the gap and how we're going to close that achievement gap or education gap or opportunity gap or whatever mm. gap you want to name it mm-hmm. that was the good thing that came out of that hmm. so it's still a process we're not yeah. where we need to be but well, and I
1: think that's what people forget and what we we need to kind of Reinforce as adults too It's like ideas aren't like 100% if this works Then we're sticking with it if it Mm -hmm. doesn't we're getting Rid of all of the things and starting all Over again it's like well you start with this thing And then build it and form it Mm -hmm. and mold it And I think we forget that we're all Supposed to be combining Our ideas to make the thing That is good for all of us instead of like This well it's either or and Mm -hmm. it's like Well no it's both and it's always been that way and that's What we need to to do and, and to Get forward and to Figure out what works. And it sounds like you guys here are really finding out what works for for students.
3: Well, we have to be, I mean, culturally sensitive and responsive Mm -hmm. you know, because so many of these tests are written from one lens and it's a you know your white middle-class lens and usually white middle-class kids do really well on these tests (laughs) so give an
1: example because that's I think another thing that that people hear and just instantly well how can math have a culture well so kind of give an example Mm -hmm. of what that looks like and and
3: just for example in the in maybe we are not allowed to read the story problems on the real assessment you know so um, we can only We can read the math assessment to kiddos that are not reading at grade level yet and Mm -hmm. there's an accommodation written and there's a big legal thing with that. So as educators, we can't discuss test questions, Mm -hmm. of course, but a lot of times there's bias in the type of question written like where is the location that this problem is being? So, for example, if you have a parent and a child and they're going into this location, well, what if that location is one that our children have never even seen, experience, thought of, experienced, right? don't even know, like, right. where are they? You know, type. Right. So just like that type of thing is enough to put someone off kilter. Like, I can't picture it. I can't feel it because right. M- I haven't been Madison there. Madison
2: and her mom went into the Pilates studio and... <laughs> and you know you're like what <laughs> how many namaste's do <laughs> they say right. right, right. <laughs>
3: exactly exactly <laughs> it so <laughs> i mean i think it's really it's of, of course challenging to write an exam that is culturally responsive of course. and in our school here we have about five or six different languages many of those um, main indigenous languages as well outside of spanish and english the school i was at previously we had 30. and so th- all of the different backgrounds and cultures oh. It, it, it was a challenge, mm-hmm. but there's always going to be some bias right. sure. in the tests. Sure. I don't know how they can make it bias free. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So there is that to take into consideration as right. well and just making that connection for kids.
2: Um, <coughs> shifting gears just a, l- a little bit, I know that. You are also part of a national organization, Uh, is it?
3: It's a a state organization. state
2: organization, Uh and uh, was there an award given that you received, Uh, am I thinking of the right? Oh, 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 (laughs) so.
3: I have a couple oh, of ones. The um, so our state, uh, the Oregon Title One C, uh, received an Advocate of the Year yeah. award last year. So, by the way, I think yeah. Mark needs
1: some comic Core training and segways. <laughs> 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 like the worst segue I've ever heard. <laughs> I. I
2: uh, by the way, winning <laughs> awards lately? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just re- remember talking to Terry last year, and, uh, and we were uh, Advocate of the Year. And, oh, that's and, awesome. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what? Uh, what is w- yeah, what yes why why <laughs> d- uh like w- what were the criteria that they were looking for and like uh mm-hmm. um what does that organization do or, or
3: so um for the state of oregon um title one c is working with our migrant families and mm-hmm. just um, someone nominated me at the district level mm-hmm. and a couple of people and then i had a teacher here on site who wrote as well um Just because they felt like I am always advocating for our families and our children and really trying to provide the best that I can for them. And like we've been talking about, provide a place of love and honor and respect and and yet have high, high expectations and put those supports in place for a rigorous academic experience that social and emotionally positive for them. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the one of the best awards I could ever receive was an advocate of the year because I, I do feel strongly that I'm an advocate. Mm. And inside of school, outside of school, um, my poor family sometimes, they're like, Mom, stop. <laughs> but um, it's just in my blood. It's just, you know, when I was little, I would see things that were extremely unjust. And I, I wanted to do something about that mm. and have a just system and stop the injustice. so. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that's my, that's my little award over there. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Thank you.
1: Well, I was going to ask about the, like, the fund allocations and Mm -hmm. and school zone, but that's a gigantic (laughs) conversation (laughs) that I don't know if we want to try to speak to. Um, But it does seem, it does seem, um, speaking of injustice, I don't know if that's the right word, but school funding through the kind of the areas that they're in, is very much it's, it seems like setting up different areas to fail or to it it, it just doesn't seem equitable when you're looking at a statewide thing mm-hmm. it should be allocated differently I feel mm-hmm. like is mm-hmm. that but again I have no idea how any of it works but does that I mean it seems like poor schools of course they're gonna s- stay poor because they're in a poor area rich schools will get all the new tech all this all that those kids will do much better.
3: Well, I think that um, it really depends on the district. And, you know, fortunately, we have a district that we pride ourselves on looking through an equity lens. And Mm -hmm. we're constantly working on that. Our superintendent, Mike Scott, is um, leads us all the time about, you know, this is we really need to think about all kids and all does mean all. And how are we going to support all of our children? There have been a lot of efforts at the district office with Dale Spitzer, our assistant soup as well, and Travis Ryman. I mean, they really they really walk their talk which mm. is great and so they will take into consideration thing like class sizes for example it's really different to have a class of 32 in a very affluent neighborhood where you have volunteers and that are and yes where and you have parent volunteers that have degrees and they're at home and they're to support right. their kid and it's fantastic and yeah. they can run a reading group and they can run a math group and that's just common and then you have other areas where parents are working super hard and it's just to put food on the table. Right. So our district sees that we do have Title I funding, and that's of course at the federal level, and so our school, for example, we do have additional dollars in Title I funding, and that helps with after-school sports or after-school programs for our kids to access because they don't really have that opportunity like yep. other schools mm-hmm. do. But with the equity lens, like I was sharing, When we all had the Chromebooks, for example, with the bond, they didn't just give us all equal. Right. Because equal is not equitable, hmm. right. right? And fair is equitable, not equal. That's so when we're <laughs> I working think I think I'm just going to play that on a loop for like <laughs> right? 10 minutes
1: at the end of this, <laughs> end of this episode. <laughs> and my
3: kids know here, they know that not everybody gets the same thing. That's not what it's about. Right. And sometimes they'll push on me about that. I'm like, well, why don't I get two breaks at 10 minutes and then my break is 5 and 10? I'm like, well, do you need to? well no, I need five exactly everybody gets what they need it's not all the same and so our district does see that which is great Mm -hmm. and it helps us and when they're taking in consideration class sizes we're trying to hit a certain number at each Um, and they know like with our EL support we can maybe reduce the class size here at my site that I couldn't at another site the budget we got hit hard I had to tell four instructional assistants that they don't have a job here next Mm -hmm. year and that's um, that's a really hard hit for yeah. us, and we're hoping that the legislature changes that for not eighteen, not for nineteen twenty, but twenty twenty one. We're really hopeful, but um, yeah, that I- that's definitely a challenge hmm. to meet the needs.
2: <coughs> <coughs> um, for our listeners that want to help, is it uh, like vote and um, and yeah, read the. Uh, the, the bond measures and, and make sure that you're aware and, and that it's not just oh, they're raising my taxes. It's it's really an investment into uh, the the children that are uh, being raised here in in Oregon and, and yeah. the county and, and city levels. Uh, would would that be the the best uh, approach? Uh, what other kind of engagements can our listeners uh uh, assist or help mm-hmm. or be part of the community with.
0: Well,
3: I mean, I I would. I would just offer everyone to please stop and take the opportunity to just reflect on their own upbringing what supports they had in place or didn't have in place and how that impacted them both positively and negatively and then try to learn more about the the neighborhood schools that they're around and visit those schools and offer to volunteer if they can Um, we have smart reading programs that are fantastic for example that we have volunteers come and read with the same kiddo every week and um, any way that they can can give to their community and know that we all do better when we all do better, right? right. And so um, just coming and giving time, but just perspective, I think, is, is getting rid of those misconceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing that we're changing a story. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not the same. Breaking the stereotypes that exist. I talk to the kids a lot about that. Like Certain people expect you to act a certain way. If you act in that way you're feeding into the stereotype that then is impacting all of us over here have been working to not do that Mm -hmm. so just for them to open up their minds and learn a little bit and not be afraid because we you know we we judge what we fear And Mm -hmm. so not to be afraid and and reach out to us and come visit. And we'll, we're open. (laughs) (laughs) Come help us out. And yes, vote, please vote. Vote. And even if your kiddos are are out, that was what was hard for us for our bond is we had like a 65% of people who don't have kiddos in school that are voters, right? And so hard to get people to vote. Yeah, that's true. Um, But we need to fund our schools. We just, we absolutely need to fund our schools. Right it's yeah when teachers are yeah teachers are not paid as they should be professionally at all for the hours and
1: so where and this may or may not be a question that you can answer or have an answer to but like one of the things um, that they push for private schools is that well look at the the cost per student for a public school is like nine thousand dollars per student and we do it for a dollar fifty or whatever Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. is there something like it seems like money is going somewhere that is not ending up in a mm-hmm, school. Mm-hmm. So, like, where is like where is this? Where does that happen? Do you even know? Is there is there a?
3: Well, again, it's really up to the districts. When you look at it, um, the two districts that I have worked for here in Oregon have been very, very slim at the top. I mean, we're for being such a huge district at Hillsboro. There are very few people up there. So that's
1: a misconception that there's this giant pool of money Mm -hmm. that's being taken by the administration Mm -hmm. and and all that. Okay.
3: Exactly. I mean, I look at my uh, my first year as an administrator and I put the hours and... And as my year as a teacher, and I would have been financially better had I stayed a teacher for twenty five years. Yeah, you know, I mean, sure. the, you know, it's not like yeah. we're should we're try, all living on. Should try being a writer. Yes, <laughs> I can imagine or <laughs> an artist, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or or having a podcast.
1: Yeah, it's just a money sink. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. we
3: just talked about like you know we just took a trip to see family and we, we just kept saying that you know family is more important than money family is more mm-hmm. important than money and i mean that's i think what the educators all come together they all come together they're like a family they they do everything they can but we do also need money well yeah well, <laughs> we well in the, need the, money. the
1: in the impossible position in between like everything in between parents who are upset about something about a, the the government who's the a, a, the community a, you're asked to do like the most impossible thing on earth, mm-hmm. and then like get no support for it. Absolutely, yeah. it's Without crazy. Money. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's like so. we we are. let uh, say like, what's your superpower? It's like, well, we make the impossible possible. Yeah.
0: that's well, I what mean, we and do. I've,
1: I've worked with with kids for a very long time, and I'm I'm pretty good at it. And everyone's like, well, why didn't you become a teacher? I'm like, I can't do that. What do you, that's impossible. <laughs> I mean, but my parents were teachers, obviously, but um. But it is – it's, like, having to – like, educating children is is awesome. I love doing it. It's so cool and so rewarding. I couldn't possibly deal with family dynamics and parents and administrate and, like, all of that stuff is, like, if you get to teach children, like, that's that's the frosting on the top of the cake that you sometimes mm-hmm. don't get to. and And so – that's just an amazing, an amazing set of skills that teachers need to have and, and, and principals too. So
3: They yeah. are amazing. And the more that we get to know the families, then we, because you can sometimes, you're like, oh my goodness gracious, really? And then you're like, okay, but why, right? So the same why with kids is the why with families. And a lot of times I find that the parents have had a challenging situation in their schooling and so they have a negative Mm -hmm. view of school at all and so just for them it's it's causes anxiety just to walk on campus or in a lot of schools there's a language barrier we're we're very Fortunate here. We have so many people who are bilingual on staff. Yeah. but at other schools There's a language barrier and they mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable to come to school So the more that we learn about our community and the more we welcome our community in the better that relationship between teachers and parents and then the Easier the job mm-hmm. So just making those connections constantly that really helps but it is it's definitely the most challenging but yes m- most rewarding yeah. career
1: Oh, hello. I didn't see you come in. Um, we're going to take a little break in between uh, when we sat down and talked with her and took a tour of the school. And I just wanted to tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Sonic Sketches. So Sonic Sketches let you, lets you display your favorite song as a beautiful piece of visual art. Um, you can get a couple different versions. There's a three panel versions that are packed like brand new vinyl albums, including liner notes, a display guide, and a brief explanation about how sound waves work, which if you've been listening to the show knows... Uh, you know that that blows my mind. Um, So the brushed aluminum versions arrive ready for display with three float mount hangers installed. Um, The whole piece will appear to float a half inch off the wall. They're really cool. They're waveforms of your favorite song or sound or if you have a personal recording of someone that you would like, uh, you can get those made too. Um, They're really beautiful and a really interesting and cool way to uh, decorate your house. They're made right here in Portland, Oregon and they ship anywhere in the United States. And if you want free shipping, you can use the promo code Mark todd for free shipping. So check out sonicsketches.com. Um, it would be great if you could support our sponsors, even if you just go visit their website so that there is a tick in activity on their site. So visit sonicsketches.com and use the uh, promo code MARKTOD for free shipping. All right, let's get back to our show.
2: Cool, so I'm super excited to be here. And so we're having a tour with Principal Lisa Aguilar Faisal and uh, Todd is here with me. And we are going to uh, let you give us a tour and and show us kind of what's here at, uh, it's uh, W.L. Henry. W.L. Henry,
3: yeah. Welcome, bienvenidos. I'm excited to show off our school. So hopefully as you see when you walk in, we have Our days of appreciation up there on the board and it's really important for us to make sure that all of our kids are feeling loved respected honored and valued and appreciated so we have our days of appreciation three times a year so that every child when they are called to the office they're called for a positive positive deal yes and they absolutely love it so we try to catch our kids doing positive things all the time and as you see here in the hallway we are respectful honorable and kind Those are our goals for every year, and so we have pictures of kiddos demonstrating being respectful, honorable, and kind, and these are our kids. (laughs) And then where academics is a huge focus at our school as well as the social-emotional piece, so we'll put up new pictures of kiddos that we we catch reading in classrooms, and just to promote the academic aspect along with our social-emotional part. Cool. And as we walk around, because it's Monday, (coughs) you'll see a lot of teachers in college gear Mm -hmm. because every Monday is college university day Um, if teachers feel like they want to represent the school that they went to or their children are going to or what have you then they don their gear and we recently had a an interview an audit actually where they asked our kiddos how many of you are going to graduate plan on graduating from high school and they're like of course Which hasn't always been the thing. Right. We are a 90% Latino population of um, school and 100% free and reduced lunch. Wow. So we have some socioeconomic challenges in our school. And graduating from high school isn't always a goal. Right. But it is, it is at our school. Right. And then we asked about college, and eight out of the 10 kiddos said they were planning to go to college. Mm. So we want to have college be an option. Yeah. Not a necessity sure. because there are other things in life to do yeah. rather than go to college, right. but we want to support them to, ha- to have that. But attraction. I bet
2: that patterning of uh,
3: that the proud
2: and that, yes. that the, yeah, that's really it's not, cool. I'm
1: not going to go because I can't, it's a, I'm choosing a different path. Exactly. But all these paths are open to me.
2: Right.
3: Exactly. I can do anything. Yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. So, um, did you want to pop in classrooms at all or just want to kind of tour around?
2: As you feel led.
3: So our Kinders, <laughs> this is um, our K12 den here. So we have three Kinder classrooms, two first grades, and two second grades. How many students are here? 370. Okay. It's a nice small little yeah. school, yeah. which yeah. is odd second grade. And
2: your kindergarten through fifth here?
3: Uh, K through six, but actually pre-K. Oh wow! So we Pre-K have our six. little pre-K room right here. What? Um, if you wanted to pop in here, I yeah. just want to kind of show you what yeah. second grade looks like. This is one of our. We have all excellent teachers, of course, and this is one who provides a lot of scaffolds for our children. <laughs> We're a full dual language class, a full dual language school, which means half of the day is instructed in English and half is instructed in Spanish, Wow! every classroom. So in second grade here, you can see the colors, green represents Spanish, blue represents English. Mm-hmm. And in Mr. Adam's room, he's done an excellent job providing those scaffolds and the visual breakdown for kids. So you'll notice there on the green, when kiddos are looking in that direction, they can understand, okay, that's Spanish. They can yeah. you know, flip their my brains to Spanish. Then over here on this Cog- side is English. And then there are cognates in the middle there, cognate walls, and those help kiddos make connections oh,
0: that's between great.
3: the two languages. And they come up through the units. Some are, are always there, like the math cognates. Um, just to help the kids throughout the year and others come up you can see they've been studying the solar system So mm-hmm. those will come up as the students are studying that theme
2: in the state of Oregon. How many? Uh, schools that are this bilingual exist
3: gosh, you know, I don't know the exact number. It, I know that <laughs> it more than I ta- one? <laughs> Yes, okay. it's a lot more than one well, I was gonna say, yeah, Yes, my first class that I taught in dual language was when I came to Oregon and gosh, I'm going to age myself, 1997, my first class was 1998. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in another district, and they had already been doing it for two years previous. Oh, wow. I honestly I so had so no, I no
1: idea. 96. It seems like such an obvious way. I mean, kids are wired to learn language like that anyway. Yes. It's like, what? Well, what? <laughs> Why is this just not something we've been doing for like fifty years? Is insane to me. Well, they have like, in with California. Any, any other? <laughs> yes, yeah.
3: Yeah. and a lot of our children. Well, we have some of our children that come very bilingual already. Mm-hmm. And we have an assessment that we give that talks about their language, and so we'll look at it. And if they score higher than the English and the Spanish, then they're just what we call kids that are high bilingual, mm-hmm. and they don't qualify as an English learner. Mm-hmm. Um, an English learner is someone who is acquiring a second language and right. they need l- extra support in English. Mm. So we have about 70% of our kiddos are identified as English learners mm. here. Wow. About 35% or so are identified as migrant families mm-hmm. here as well. But we have kiddos that come in that are English only speaking. Mm -hmm. and um, in kindergarten they're actually learning how to read and write in spanish Mm -hmm. and they're getting english support through half of their day during everyone gets english language development and but um they do great yeah Yeah,
2: especially that that age they are language sponges Mm -hmm. the the brain is just wired to acquire language and uh we we have friends who speak russian and came with a uh a four-year-old that didn't speak any english and a year and a half later he's f- more fluent than his parents in english and um and he's actually forgetting some russian words wow. it is it's just interesting watching the rapid rapid development mm-hmm. of of language, language. cognitive uh, abilities at that age yeah
3: there's a misconception that um that adults can't learn language as quickly as kids and we actually can because we already have a really strong foundation in our first language sure so we can make those connections you only have to learn how to read once yep right especially if the languages are um, similar the yeah. romance languages with exactly English. now if we tried to le- learn Mandarin it'd be yeah. pretty challenging because <laughs> it's such a different language right. for us
2: as I know but we I think <laughs> as
3: adults we get um, we're more apprehensive to take risks and to look yep. silly or make mistakes in very front of people yep. where we try to set the environment for our kids to be to take those risks yeah, and not to poke fun at kids when yeah. they yep. mispronounce those a word risks are but
1: natural and part of just exactly. yep, that's
3: just what you do we work with a very really, um, a growth mindset where okay yeah we're gonna fail where I wasn't raised to fail. Mm, And that was a big shift for me because it's like failure's not an option. My husband's the same, failure's not an option. (laughs) And that's the way I lived my life, I tried to for years. And then we realized, actually we fail all the time. But it's what you do with that failure that matters, right? So that's what we tell kids. You didn't get it, you don't understand it yet. But let's keep working at it. And so language, five to seven years to acquire academic language. You can get the basic interpersonal yep. communication skills in a couple of years, yep. but five to seven for academics. So our littles need time, yep. which is why I don't look so much at the third grade SBAC scores in English because mm. it's an English literacy test. Our kids have not been in, in school very yep. long. I look more at our fifth, sixth grade scores to yep. see what's mm. going on. Smart. Definitely. Awesome. My fingers are coming back. I'd love to walk in a kinder room and see what's going on there. Here's our other second-grade room. If you notice here, this is a how would you like to be greeted. So every day, teachers pick kiddos up in the cafeteria, and then they bring them down, and they line up, and then the teacher stands here, and the child just chooses how they want to be greeted each day as they go into the room. That's fantastic. so awesome. So awesome to see. It's one of our henry like universal supports that we have for all kids so all teachers are expected to pick their kids up so this is where it all well this is kinder i don't want to bother pre-k so sure. much right now <laughs> but oh yeah you can see they're doing um they came back after recess and they're doing a relaxing chime like calming activity right now so you'll see them.
1: Oh, and then we that's fantastic yeah i kind of want to go back to school now isn't that
3: awesome it <laughs> was great we talked about helping children to just get regulated, and then um, we talk about the zones. So we have um, your blue zone. You might come in feeling a little sad, maybe a little sick, not a hundred percent. Your green zone is you're ready to learn. This is like I'm. This I'm good to go. Your yellow zone is maybe you're a little frustrated, maybe you're a little anxious, a little upset. You're kind of on the verge there, not the best place to learn. And your red zone is when I get called. Right. <laughs> so. We really want kiddos to be in the green zone, to access academics. Mm -hmm. So our social-emotional is super important Mm -hmm. for us, and our teachers are excellent at helping kids to just be regulated or de-escalate if they're escalated. As we come through here, this is our, we have a gymateria because we are 50 years old, but according to the bond, um, according to the bond, thank goodness for the bond, we will be having a real gym built outside so we're excited about that absolutely Mm -hmm. yes so we're really excited like the first year um, just past last year the first thing we got more chromebooks because we don't we didn't have a lot of technology Mm -hmm. sure so that was one we all saw and our district went through an equitable lens which i really appreciated because it didn't just say you get four cards you get four cards you get four cards it was looking at what we already have because we have very affluent schools like the one i previously was principal of extremely affluent and the PTO could raise forty to sixty thousand dollars on one day during the jogathon to buy technology. That's not the same case at our school. Um we don't have a lot of we can walk down there it's a little we don't have a lot of um parents that are Intel or Nike workers as opposed to some of our other schools. Sure. And Intel and Nike of course when the parent donates then they also donate. Ah. They match the donation. Where we don't have that here, we have um, we had a f- little fund run last week. Our PTO put it on, and it was so great to see our parents come out. But we had like seven to twelve parents come out and volunteer, because our parents, if they don't go to work, they don't get paid. Right. right. It's not like they have personal days or they can right. flex their time or anything. They don't have the same luxury as a lot of our other Ooh. parents in other communities close mm-hmm. by. Mm-hmm. Like down the street. I mean, right. really? Yeah. It, yeah. So we,
2: I basically had to pass Nike or Intel to, mm-hmm. to get here. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's so a
3: different, it's a different yeah. environment. So our parents, and I mean, they, they love our community and they first came <coughs> to me when I was very first hired and they um, had a parent advisory committee because they really wanted to like give me um, like, consejos, like advice on what they wanted for their kids here at school and it was an academic focus and tutoring and there's a misconception I think many times that Hispanic or Latino families don't value education and that's completely a misconception. Yeah. Um, our families, they want to know, how is my child behaving? Are they being respectful? And how are they doing academically? Those are the questions that they ask us. Of course. So its it's been wonderful to get their feedback and their input, and we meet monthly for that. And then I have monthly Coffee with the Principal where we get together, and it's more it's, um casual and yes and we just visit and i always ask like what's working what have you seen that we've done that's positive and then what do we still need to do and the parents um they're always happy to give their input and they're very (coughs) honest with me which i really appreciate we also are thrilled to have the adelante mujeres program here so Adelante Mujeres works in partnership with our Hillsboro School District um, to provide education for mamas working on their GEDs.
2: Oh fantastic. And we
3: actually have mamas that are gonna be graduating. Oh, great. And it's we a lot of these mamas have babies in the pre-K. Oh. So at the end of the year celebration, the little pre-Ks have their little caps Cute. and gowns, and the mamas have their caps and gowns, and you just you want to cry tears of joy to see so that. Th-
1: that's, this, that's an official part of the public school system, not like you guys just do this on your...
3: Adelante TV. Mujeres is not part of the public school system. Okay. It's their own, their own and business, the and then yep. they work in partnership partners. with us. That's great. And so I have space for them yeah. here with oh, that classroom great. and this classroom. Oh, that's fantastic. And we're thrilled yeah. to have them to be partners with us how
2: many people are part of that do you know about
3: not too many we have 20 children Mm -hmm. so the same would be for the adults yeah it's wonderful because then and it really helps us too because half of the kids that are in the program (coughs) will be coming to henry next year or the year after because they serve three-year-olds up and so we're preparing our kiddos to have that preschool
2: with the with the lexicon that you've generated around here of the blue zone and the green mm-hmm. zone and everything it it makes it so straightforward uh to uh, it, to have a common language mm-hmm. about emotion uh, which is Something foreign to most of us. (laughs) Absolutely. What's emotions? (laughs) Exactly. Your your cold heart.
3: (laughs) Absolutely. So kinders will tell me, Miss Aguilar, I'm feeling a little blue today because Johnny said he was going to play with me, but he didn't at recess. And so they can identify where they are, and then we can talk about strategies to get them back up to the green.
1: So I I I'm going to play devil's advocate based on the way (laughs) my schooling was uh, (laughs) when. I was a child, which I mean, I think most of it was back then, you know, the corporate, you mm-hmm. know, um, do you th- like walking into a room like this at at a public school? It's, you know, it's, I would, in the back of my head, it's like, oh, we're just coddling these children. What is this? They need to learn how to sit. If they don't learn it now, when are they going to learn? And this just teaches that they don't have to do like
2: spare the rod, you... spoil the child.
0: Exactly. Right. So like, mm-hmm.
1: how do you respond to someone like that in a way that's not you yeah. have, uh, just what do you do with, with people so who kind of.
3: I s- want to say that? that Dr. Rick mm-hmm. is um, my supervisor, Grant Corliss, brought in Dr. Rick to really help us in schools for the social emotional piece. And we've been working with like trauma responsive care now for years in Hillsboro, It's got to be about five or six years that we've been working, really focused on understanding that a lot of our kiddos come from experiences that can be considered traumatic. Sure. Um, living in poverty itself is a traumatic experience, yeah. right? Um, having I'm a. Bring a kid. Oh, yeah away I'm from so the sorry. court sorry having a, a parent who well one parent in the home we at divorce or mm-hmm. um, in some cases deportation mm-hmm. is very traumatic yeah. so there of are course. lots of traumatic and events that happen with our kiddos and we want to make sure that we don't re-traumatize kids right so if there is possibly raised voices that they have heard we don't want to raise voices here We Mm want to make sure that we provide an environment for all kids to access content. And the only way they're going to access their education is if they're in a social emotional place to access education. So a lot of people will say, well, my child's not reading at, you know, the third grade level. They need an intervention, they need a reading intervention or they need a math intervention. So we say, what about your child needs a self-management intervention? So what can we do to be intentional about teaching kids When you're feeling like this, here are some strategies that you can use. Let's practice those strategies, coping mechanisms. Because we know like in the big world, in the workplace, if you've had an argument with your spouse, or you've had a parent pass, or you've had a car accident, or even a flat tire, your head isn't 100% focused on your work. You have to take care of that before you can really dive in, right? Or you learn the coping mechanisms to check that out the door, and know you're gonna deal with a flat tire at five, because you can't do it now, and you have to be all in. Mm-hmm. Well, these are little guys, and if adults have a hard time doing this, <laughs> then what do we expect from children? Why do we expect more from them? So we're just really trying to make sure that we're helping that our kids Do you see that some cope. of
1: these strategies do work? I mean, Absolutely. You're okay. Good.
3: Absolutely, unequivocally. It's just so easy to see yeah. the difference. Yeah. And instead of they escalate and they get angry because someone was in, unjust to them in their view, someone actually hit them on the playground or something, even an accident, they can take that as Mm -hmm. against them. We'll see that. So we have to talk about how that was an accident and that person, yes, they should have said, hey ma'am, sorry, I didn't mean to bump you and teach those social skills. Mm -hmm. We have to teach social skills to kids as part of being successful when they grow up. But then as we talk it through with them, it doesn't take very long, mostly. And then they came back, getting back to learning rather than sending them away. Or wow. not validating their feelings at all.
2: Wow. So you've created quite an infrastructure for um, emotional management and and um, getting getting these kids into the best possible uh, situation within limited budgets and and. <coughs> Uh, we try not to be political on our show, but a lot of pol- political divisiveness in our nation uh, uh, and, and things that can really cause emotional distress at, at home and in the, in the workplace. And, uh, and <coughs> I don't know if I have a, a really solid question here, but you know, like Oregon has uh, about 85% of Oregon is white Caucasian that isn't uh, experiencing this. And you've got an environment where it's absolutely flipped. You've got ninety percent that are Hispanic, and uh, and so, is it is it just kind of staying the course and 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 staying with that emotional structure and and staying with your values, uh, or is is it super depressing and sad all the time? Or like uh, with with the it just seems like a big disparity between the national conversation and what you are experiencing on the very front lines of uh, an important engagement with growing humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, mean, I I will say <coughs> that with the, uh, with the current person who holds the office of president, um, when he was elected, it was um, very, very scary for our community. And we had parents in tears. We had children in tears um so we had community members come in and they created signs for the kids as saying you are valued you are loved you are respected because that wasn't the message that we were getting Mm. from the person and we had a we call it a like morning rally, or a fantastic Friday now we do it, but we had a morning rally on that Monday. And I just reminded our community that we are always respectful on our will and kind. And if someone voted for one person, we still respect that person. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's their right to vote. That's the great thing about our country. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have to be respectful to the fact that the person that was voted in very detrimental to our community right extremely detrimental so we just had to actually do like extra loving them up I mean extra extra mm-hmm. just to make sure that everyone feels honored and valued for what they bring mm-hmm. to our school and that our parents feel safe that none of our children are going to be taken from school right that this is a safe place and of course you know we work in cooperation with federal, programs like ice what-have-you if they ever came to our door we would of course have to work with people but they can't take a child from our school because right. that's that mm-hmm. that boundary that we have um, we have had a few children whose parents have been deported wow. or we have had children who have had parents that had to had to go back and even they're trying to get the paperwork the right way because that's also a misconception. Mm-hmm. I hear so many people say well, why don't they just do it the right way why don't they just get the paperwork done a lot of our families are fleeing very, very awful conditions in seeking asylum. And we say that it must be so awful to leave your own country, the c- your mother country where you were born and raised, and it's your country. It must be so awful to actually want to leave that place, to come over here, and to understand that no one's trying to come here to take advantage of our system. They're fleeing. Exactly. And so when people arrive, I we just... oh. Embrace them with open arms and bring them into our community and just give all the love and support that we can. So we just keep that messaging you know, of we need to be respectful for all because, you know, staff or students or parents, some have been very vocal about who they voted for. Sure. Um, and I mean, we have to be adults about yeah. that situation. And at the same time, it has been definitely damaging yeah. to our community. <coughs>
2: I, I can imagine.
3: Definitely. And it's it's hard for me as, you know, Aguilar is my father's name. It's my dad's name. And so my dad's side of the family, they're M- Hispanic and Yaki tribe and what have you. And it's hard to hear, you know, that we're all like he said. <laughs> what do you
1: think some of the biggest misconceptions of either the migrant community or um, uh, immigration or mm-hmm, immigrants mm-hmm. That, that you kind of hear? because. I feel like the way national conversation happens is that nobody really says what they feel. We say what the other side feel. We mm-hmm. we do a lot of projection, and we're like, "Well, they're doing it for this, and this is so." Like, what do you see as as the biggest conversation that's not part of reality? I guess I don't know how else to phrase that, but you kind well, of. Well, I what think I mean. that
3: I mean we don't we don't see that historically what we have done with people of other cultures and other countries Mm. i mean i think back to the bracero program where we're like getting workers from mexico hey we need you our crops Mm -hmm. are dying we need your help come help us okay now we're done with you go back right Right? i mean how we have used people Mm -hmm. throughout the years and if all of the people who have immigrated here are migrant workers just suddenly went away just on a very little note just take a look at what your grocery store would look like yep so your little strawberries at five bucks a basket are gonna be fifteen bucks a basket. Exactly. <laughs> just and that's just simple. That's just food, right? Food. So I don't think that we value people for the work that they do. Um the, the honor and the value we have for our field people, for example, that work in the fields, there's honor in knowing like right where to prune that. You know, right where to cut that. Exactly. We we need people who have skills. Mm-hmm. That's skilled. Yeah skilled labor and expertise for our community overall. Um, And we also need to provide access to education.
1: When white people do it, it's called a tree surgeon. (laughs) But it's (laughs) like, oh, but your work has no value. You're just doing this with a little plant.
3: Exactly. It's like honoring where they come from. And that's why with Back to the College University thing, we're we're not trying to say that that's the only way to go, because we do honor. Families get up, they work hard. Mm -hmm. I see mamas who are at the nursery from six o'clock in the morning till six o'clock at night Oh yeah. and they're still here at our meetings in the evening and they're still helping and they're still doing everything they can to support their children mm-hmm. and I think that's a misconception that a lot of people think that our families are not hard-working that they just want to collect welfare and they don't realize you can't even collect welfare mm-hmm. if you're undocumented you can't collect welfare, right. <laughs> you know so there are a lot of misconceptions about um, being on the take Right. of the system. They're not on the take. They're here, they're working hard, sometimes two jobs, and they just want better for their children than they had opportunities for themselves.
2: Right, of course.
1: So then, one, one final uh, devil's advocate thing, because you always hear, well, well then should we just let everyone in? Like, how do we, uh, because you, you know, we can't let everyone in <laughs> for reasons, and like, how do you, the like, Democrats where is? Democrats don't want borders
0: at right. all. It's open, know, just borders. open
2: borders. and chaos.
3: Um, Obviously, I mean for the as the principal of Henry, <laughs> I have to say <laughs> <laughs> that of course we, we we need to have regulations sure. in our in our world. We have we need an immigration reform, we know that. Yeah. Um granting amnesty to families who have been here for five, ten, fifteen years mm-hmm. and are working hard and are wanting the best for their families. Which we've
1: done before. We I have think done, we done that before. That,
3: correct. I mean I've seen that I've seen our daughter when Well, she's 21 now, but when she was 12 or so, one of her best friends, the father, was deported. They had been here for 12 years, and there was no reason other than he was here without papers, Mm -hmm. but hardworking member of our community and what have you. Um, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. So we we do. We do need immigration reform. Well, and
1: I think what I was saying earlier about how we project to the other side, that's Mm -hmm. always the you know oh you must not want any rules of any Mm -hmm. kind Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) therefore I can think you're crazy and not have to realistically look at the situation we
3: need order and structure obviously that's what we're trying to have here is order and structure so that you can access things so we do need that it just um, it's heartbreaking to sit and watch a family and cry with them because the father is, is won't be able to come back and they won't be able to see each other for a year or so that, wow. It's just heartbreaking, sure. devastating wow. to us. But we just, we keep holding each other up and we keep, we try to bring in fun things for the families to come here and be part of the community and value their presence And so obviously
1: this, I mean, I'm not super familiar with this community in particular, mm-hmm. but are you seeing the quote unquote problems that immigrants bring, you know, the crime and the whatever, <laughs> just located here because of this? Or is it just like, this is like every or are your statistics even better because often immigrant communities mm-hmm. do have less crime and do uh, bring in more and, and I,
3: I don't I mean I don't see a lot of crime here anymore than I would see anywhere else sure. um, we have I mean our families are they want to know like what does it look like if my child's headed down the road of being in a the gang? Mm. They're asking for us to help to educate with that because it's hard to it's disconnect, right? When you're a second-generation student, you're trying to Americanize, you know, mm. <laughs> and then at the same time, though, you're tr- your family's trying to have you hold on to their your heritage. And so it's a clash, and kids don't quite know where to go. Mm. One of the things we see is an— um, we're a dual language program, and it's really, really challenging for us to get our kiddos to speak only in Spanish. Once they hit about third grade, mm-hmm. they want to start responding in English a lot. And so we have to elevate the the language. And, and only I'll speak to kiddos in Spanish as much as I can to help elevate that language, because they know that English is the language of power. Mm-hmm. And that's where mm. they're comfortable in. So we don't want kiddos to lose that language, their own language, right. over because of the language of power. So there, I mean, there's so many political and, and um, social factors that push on our children mm. that we battle each and every day. Mm. I think what I do see more at our school than at other schools is um, there are more kiddos that are coming from trauma. Absolutely, like we share with poverty and what have you. That's that's traumatic. That's mm. hard. So. That's why we love the fact that we have free and re- well free lunch for everybody, yeah. and free breakfast and free lunch, and the food pantry open every Wednesday. Families can come too, and in the summer, there are many um, parks around that the district will support for f- uh, summer meals. So I know our kids aren't going yeah. to go hungry. They're gonna go down to the park and eat lunch, which we're happy about. But those are like those basic needs that even the parent is working 40-plus hours a week, and the other parent, too, it's expensive to live, yeah. right? And a lot of our families are doubled up. There'll be, like, two families in one sure. home. And imagine when you want to go home and have your, like, downtime, your quiet time. There's no downtime or quiet time, and right. that's stressful. Right. So that's why we try to make school a sense of calm. Mm-hmm. Arborist. So this is what we call our wellness center. Again, that's our... Our boss making it happen with Olga, Dr. Ola Acuna at the district office. She has helped finance this with Title I funds and what have you, uh, which is part of that equity talk about money. Mm-hmm. This is our wellness center. Kiddos come in here by appointment. So kids come in here where they can put their little shoes. You'll see we have all sorts of the zones, the feelings, the, you know, (laughs) (laughs) what your triggers might be. And then they check in here, and we have a classified staff member consistent throughout the whole time. And as you walk in, she works with them to see, like, what what their little strategy is that they're going to be working on. She has something that she'd like them to do, and then they get to choose as well. This is this changes often, but she has different sections like a movement section here. She has a sensory area, a just feel it area over here where you know kids can just come and get that the tactile <coughs> um, need that they have. And sometimes they just want that quiet, right? Yeah. So there they can just go in their little tent and be with nature and just be quiet for a few minutes. <coughs> Their appointments are only about 15 minutes long. And only if you're in the green zone can you come in here. It's Mm. not a place to go de-escalate, it's that you're already here because that's your best place for learning. And Mm. so she teaches the strategies that when you do feel escalated, you can get yourself back down again. So that's that's an important component of this. It's a classroom and it's for lessons, not like a calming down room. Yeah, so arts and crafts, and then more sensory items, and our little Zen oh, garden wow. here. <laughs> isn't That's, that so cool? <laughs>
2: it's really, really cool.
3: Yeah, we're very, very fortunate to have this, um, to have the Wellness Center, and we have seen such an improvement for our kids. This is like
2: high-level be- behavioral science kind of stuff. This isn't what I imagine in an elementary school at all, mm-hmm. and uh, this is, uh, gives me hope, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it really does.
3: This used to be a computer lab, and um, I said, well, the computers were outdated, it took five minutes for them to even turn on, and he said, why don't we dismantle the lab, get technology in the classrooms where it should be more, and then they asked us if we had room for around on the center. We're like, oh, well, we'll make room. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: it's, it's, like, it's so dramatically different, obviously, than anyone, anything I could have imagined as a child <laughs> or whatever. But so, it's like if, if things right now, I- it's not obvious that, yes, we do need to do things dramatically different than yes. we used to <laughs> to get a different result than we have now. Yes. So let's do that.
3: Yes, what is that, that quote? Um, they always say, if you keep doing what yes. you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. Exactly. Right? And, yeah, and yeah. we need to change something. And So I love our movement of really going back to the social emotional piece because all of us, quote unquote, good teachers, we were always doing that, right? We're mm. always making sure our children are loved and listened to and respected. Yeah. And given that eye contact, we have to value our littles. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So this is our wellness center. Love it, love it. And this is what I love. You know, like we talked about emotion. What's emotion? And we, yeah. do, we do. It's okay to yeah. feel
2: mad, worried, sad, anxious, frustrated. But don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt others. And don't hurt property. Because we it's talked about, message.
3: like, if a little one falls and the good old, you know, like his knee is torn open, you're, you're okay. You're fine. That doesn't hurt. They're like, no, this really hurts. It what was, do you mean it doesn't it, hurt? Because I feel the hurt. Today, you're right. telling me something. So then they yeah. kind of... Question themselves like, well, wait a minute. Am I feeling wrong yeah. because right. I feel pain, but you're telling me I shouldn't? Yeah. And so we right. mess with kids' minds. We have to make sure that we're Seriously. validating <laughs> yeah. their feelings, and it's okay to have them.
2: <laughs> well,
1: that was awesome.
2: You're really, Thank really you. fantastic. Thank you
1: so much for your time.
2: Well, again, uh, we're here at WL Henry elementary school with principal with the principal, uh, principal, with principal. We all remember That's how right. to spell that not principal <laughs> That's Aguilar <right>. Aguilar Faisal. <laughs> and uh, it's just been a delight uh, seeing your facility here and and all that you've got going i re- really appreciate and your, your
1: investment in it which yep. which i'm sure trickles down to all the staff and every uh, the kids that we saw walking down the hall giving you high fives and hugs and it was great. So Thank you. Well,
3: I'm truly honored to serve this community. Every day, is, I am just blessed every single day that I step foot on this campus. So thank you so much for taking part of your day to share with us and welcome back anytime.
1: Thank you. Well, thank you.
3: Come with me, take my hand
0: and we'll live in a land where the river runs free, in a land through the green country, in a land to a shining